Hello and welcome to episode 207 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Henny. Yes, yes. Henny, so today is four years ago that I had my first day in Lima. That is remarkable. I mean, it is a testament to you that you have lasted that long. <laughs> okay, so here's a couple of things. So yesterday was like we I remember because I remember April 3rd was the day that we caught the flight and we left Canada. Yeah. And so anyway, people, I messaged Henny about it and said, Oh, you know, today is like, you know, four years ago that we left. And she she wrote me and wrote happy and then in brackets un anniversary. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Because I literally typed, like, happy anniversary. And then I was like, no, no, no. Like, let's fix that. (laughs) In brackets, unhappy anniversary? (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) Oh, and then, and so, anyways, last night, so I had decided that we were going to go out for dinner and have, like, ceviche and that. So we went last night. And uh, which we don't normally on a, like a Monday night, we wouldn't go out for dinner. But uh, anyway, so we did. And so Phil, we had a drink also. And so we were like, you know, toasting in there like yep, four years. And I said, I'm just going to let you know right now, I do not want to be sitting one year from now <laughs> here. Saying five years. <laughs> but he knows that. He knows that. <laughs> but I just need to continually remind him. You do. You do. I think you can never remind I think in general you cannot remind people enough of things but I think when it comes to (laughs) partners you especially can never remind them enough just because you think I look like I'm happy that things are okay I'm just gonna let you know (laughs) but underlying (laughs) but you know in in all in all honesty I said to him you know four years I said I I would say one year was was like excellent one year was okay and two years really sucked if I was like take and he's like well which year oh no 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 I'm gonna say that there was probably nine months here and then maybe a month there I'm gonna say yeah together yeah not it wasn't like you know it wasn't like the first year was great the second year was yeah it was like bits and pieces I think that's true and so like would you say then that the year that was really good were all the bits and pieces of all the times that you were back in Canada no, 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 no. It was, it wasn't. But, it, but I, but that's a, but that's a good point. I wonder how, how, like, how much time in four years I actually was in Canada. That's, I mean, it seems like it feels like a lot. But I had a year with nothing really. But it does seem like a lot because I did go a lot. Like the first year that you were in Lima, it, there was a ch- there was a huge chunk of time that you were just there trying to get acclimated, and then I think in the second half of it, that year. You I'm did gonna come re- back a lot. I'm good. No, I'm going to remind you. Okay, remind I, me. I arrived here April 4th. I was back in May. In the first year you were back in Yes. Here? I was oh, back I don't in even May. remember. I was back in, I was back in May. Oh, I was back in May and June because we did the Ragnar. Oh, and that was the year, that, that was the year that you, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. And then, and, came back, and then I was back again in September because we did the um commander challenge in ottawa yes yes that's right that's right (laughs) and we came back at christmas yeah oh yeah you you were (laughs) so take it all back (laughs) yep 
so fair. You you were back quite a bit. <laughs> I was, and we also did quite a bit of like traveling here on on all of the like long weekends and and all of that. So that the first year, like that was all good. Like Phil said, you know, of all the places in the country, like what was my favorite here? And there's only one place that I would never recommend people go to, only because it, I think it's overrated, and it it to me wasn't worth the journey. But every every other city that we've been to in Peru has been, you know, fantastic in its yeah, own way. Yeah, we yeah. really had. There are a couple that really like I I do I do like Cusco. I said you know part of it is and Machu Picchu. Part of it is is because. You know, the first time is the first time. And then the last time, like a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, seems like forever ago, was because I got to share that with you and Nevaeh and Riley. So, you know, that was also fun. Um, But there's other places that, you know, we've done some hiking and stuff that have been like interesting. I mean, it's a it is a great country. I, I do now at least feel like by the time, you know, I mean, feel like I've been talking about leaving for a year now. And it actually has been because that was like almost last May. But um, I do feel like at least I will leave and feel good about about the country in general. Yeah. Um, and there was a point when I wouldn't have. Right. But I will and I will miss like even last night I said, you know what I'll miss? I'll miss good quality food in a restaurant that's mm. reasonably priced. Yeah. I will miss that a lot. Yeah. You know, I will miss the number of restaurants, like how close they are to our house, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's stuff like that, but I mean, there's lots of other stuff that I won't miss, you know? Um, For sure. But, but anyway, anyway, so that's, it's just four years seems like it's longer than we lived in Hong Kong. How long did you live in Hong Kong for? I was there. I was, I was there, um, like three and three quarter years like we moved in september and we left in june phil was phil left in um, march of that year so he was there a year like uh three and a half years and i was like three and three quarters how do the overall experiences differ (laughs) i mean they're not even they're not not even can't even compare them can't even compare them i mean the first uh, i mean it was a bigger shock initially, I think, because I had never lived. I really hadn't, I mean, I'd gone to, I think I'd been to, to England and like to the, you know, Mexico, to Colombia, but I, on a vacation, Cuba, but I'd never been somewhere like as big as that, like as, as populated as that, as culturally different also Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so that i think was a big shock and leaving family this this time you're better prepared for that because you kind of already have an idea of what those initial things will be but the you know i mean it was there were lots of people like lots of english-speaking people lots of expats i had a lot of friends Uh, there was a lot of things to do i could do things on my own easier than i can do things here so there was a lot of there's a lot of things that are are different but the travel within the country is better here than it was there though it was very easy to because hong kong was i mean really the hub of everything in asia to be able to get to places so 
Well, just I, I just I'm think just thinking about it because you said you know, you can hardly believe that you were in Lima longer than you were in Hong Kong, and yeah. although this is not at all as significant <laughs> as it is for you. I can hardly believe that I've been at the school that I'm at currently yeah. longer than I was at the first school. Like, because uh, I, the first school that I worked at in Peel, I was there for six years. Yeah. And this is year number eight. At this wow. School. And like the school that I was at first, like the first five years were incredible. Like the first year was, was challenging, but fun. Mm-hmm. Year two was great. Year three was great. Year four was maybe my best year of teaching ever. Year five mm-hmm. was great. Year six was rough. Yeah. You know, and then <laughs> I've been to the, this other school and I'm in year eight. And well, I I had one year that was okay. <laughs> and I've had seven years that have not been great. You yeah. know, and like, and yet I've been here longer, you know, but it's yeah. the same as what you're saying. Like, it's hard to compare. Like the, the school is different. The, the, the staff is different. I mean, it's a middle school as opposed to a kindergarten through grade eight school. So yeah. the, the age of the kids is different, you know, like there's so much about it. That's just different. And I, and I'm different too, right? Like yeah. the amount of time that I'm willing to put in you know, mm-hmm. at school or, you know, in extracurriculars, you know, like all of that is different. Right. So it, yeah. So do you think that maybe there's a sweet spot of the number of years that you should stay at a school? Well, with administration, like with vice principals and principals, it is very uncommon that a vice principal or a principal would stay at a school for longer than five years. They yeah. usually, and they don't get to choose, like the superintendents yeah. pick, like move them or pick them up and move them around. And they usually get moved between three and every three and five years. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder with teaching, like if five years is sort of the sweet spot, you know, yeah. like you because you need a year to sort of learn the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Then you need a year to sort of establish yourself in this, like as a presence in the school. Then you've got a couple of years where you are kind of like, yeah, in the know. And then, and then maybe you're ready to move on. Like there's something yeah. to that, that, that timing. Yeah. I also, I mean, for you too, it's like, every like every time you get a new boss so new administration that really sets the tone for it and so I guess that could make it that it's a faster exit you know than than yes because if somebody if you get a new administrator and you have one bad year you know you've got at least two more probably that, with well that. that's it then you have to sort of decide like is it worth yeah. sticking it out for a couple more years or is it yeah. time for me to take my leave yeah 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 yeah, yeah. especially if you're if you're okay with having to be like cuz i'm i'm assuming that some people like to be i only want to be this distance away from where i work so they either at a school and then they've moved to be closer to that school so they don't want to increase their time or I know one of the things that pulled you was because and keep kept you there was because of the hours absolutely absolutely but there does come a time when when that benefit of that is like no I'm I either I there's the balance of everything has been thrown off way too much and I 
I would rather finish my school day at 3.30 and be happy than to be out of here at 2.35 or 2.25 and be miserable. Yeah, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Which, which is why you're even going further than that and actually moving. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> to a, accommodate it will balance it it's off. A, it's a full life upheaval, but yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be worth it when it's all yeah, done. <laughs> I think it, I, it was, I think it's necessary, but yeah. I, I mean, so it's funny because you say the three to five years because that's when Scotia sends people as a three to five year commitment for exactly the same reason. It makes no sense to move somebody in. It takes a while to understand. And yeah, that's it. Like a, a it. year's a year's not enough. Right. But yeah. you do get to a certain point where it's like, OK, well, I've sort of like done all that I can do, you know, yeah. with whatever resources I have or with whatever knowledge I have or you mm -hmm. know like there there comes a point where it's like okay well this is sort of it and you know it's it's time to it's time to move on I mean yeah. I think I think with teaching it might differ like if you drastically changed what you were doing yes you know like like within a school if you did you know for three to five years you taught one grade and then you changed to something that was like radically different you know mm -hmm. like to go from you know teaching grade eight to to like being the librarian or you know like if you made yeah. a switch like that you know like I could see then maybe it would make sense to stay at a school longer yeah I mean there are some there are some people who stay at the same school for their whole careers and do yeah. the exact same thing for their whole careers you know but it's it's good it's good for your own professional development I think yeah too. you know and and I think also for your mental health to like I, yeah do something a little bit different have a different experience you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly ready to do something yeah different. yeah yeah let's okay there are a couple of podcasts that we've been listening to so shall yep. we get into that yeah let's do it okay so there's one podcast that you that we've we've listened to once before. I know we've mentioned it on the podcast yeah. on our podcast before, and it's called Food We Need to Talk. Yeah. And you sent me a link to an episode this week. And and so I listened to that. And it was it was great. It was great. The episode was all about, you know, what are the things in food and nutrition that generally everyone agrees on because yes. as we know you know and I think as anyone who lives in our society knows you know for every person who's saying like eat this there's another person who's saying don't eat that yeah. same thing you know like exactly eat, eat pasta don't eat pasta eat you know blueberries don't eat blueberries you know yeah. eat, you know whatever like eat this don't eat this eat meat don't eat meat you know and so yeah. It was interesting to hear the hosts of this podcast and the guests that they had on talk about, like, what are the things that pretty much any person in the field of food is going to agree on? These are the things you should be eating. Yeah. And pretty much what everyone is going to tell you, no matter who you talk to, they're all going to tell you, you need to eat more vegetables you need to eat whole grains rather than finely processed food mm -hmm. and was there something else I think there was a, a third thing 
uh, and you need to, was lean protein on there? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think those were the three things. It was whole grains, lean protein, vegetable, vegetables, and avoid highly processed food (laughs) or like ultra processed food. Yeah. And like, and so then you hear that, like I chuckled when I heard it, like I chuckled when I was listening because like, that's the new Canada's food guide, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm imagining the plate with the half vegetables and the quarter lean protein and yeah. the quarter whole grains, you know, and the glass of water, like, yeah. like this is, but like, this is also like, this is what we know to be true. Like, this is what we know is healthy eating. This yeah. is what our bodies you know, want really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think that our bodies want other things, but what our bodies actually want is this. Yeah. The one thing that I that they were talking about, and I was like, yeah, why? What is our attraction to all of these different, you know, quotations diets? Mm. The truth of it is, is that when we remove one food group something else gets increased because we still need the same amount of energy for our body to function. Okay. I'm, this is not, this is not a comment on what you just said, but what you just said made me think of something that they said in the podcast that I, it was like, it wasn't new information, but it was just the way that it was said that I was like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is wild. And it was, it was this whole conversation about North American e- eating, like North America, the North American diet and fat. Yes. And that yes. there was this whole movement in the 80s and 90s to eat less fat, eat low mm-hmm. fat, eat no fat. And, mm-hmm. and, but there were two different statistics that show something very different. The one statistics shows, and and now that I'm like trying to say it out loud, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up. But hmm. but what happened was one measure it made it look like Americans, like North Americans, were eating less fat, but actually yeah. they were eating more. And and the way that you know that is ah, it's this, it's. No. The percentage yes. of fat that they were eating was Correct. less. Yes. So instead of eating, let's say, 30% of our diet was fat, now it's 27% of our diet was yeah. fat. Mm-hmm. But then the average North American diet, the number of calories that people were, were um, consuming on a daily basis yeah. had skyrocketed, actually. Yeah. It had grown by like 500 calories or something like correct. a, like a, a big correct. amount. And yeah. so, yes, it is true that the percentage of fat that we was eating, that we were eating was lower, but it actually was, if you counted the grams of fat, yes. it was more because right. we were eating more overall. Correct. Exactly. And that, so- that was like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, but it's this false claim that we get pulled into by thinking we've reduced the amount, but we're actually eating more. Correct. And I know I was like, huh, Huh. isn't that interesting? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the end of it, like they said, basically you should just eat what you're eating, like balance, but just eat less of it instead of removing and trying to insert different things mm-hmm. like more of one thing less of another 
necessarily. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Like it's, it's not about removing this or adding this. It's about taking what you have and just reducing slightly the amount based on what you actually need. Right. Like, you know, like really paying attention to, you know, serving sizes. Yeah. And like, do I need this whole thing in order to feel full? And nine and I mean and you know me like I I I love to eat and so I I hate that I'm the person saying this but like nine times out of ten you don't need all that you think you need no and and you will be full you know I know that's the difficult thing that that's what that's what that's what we all need help with anyone who you know is finds it challenging to either lose weight maintain their weight loss is is that we don't know what that is. Like we don't know what that right number is. So we have the heart. We, so that's why we go to these diets is because for short term, yeah, if you remove the right thing, increase something else slightly, you are going to see, like anytime you change your diet at all, there will be an outcome as a result of that. Well, that's because it. You're like paying it's, attention to it. That's it. And it's not even necessarily like, like remove the right thing, remove anything, yeah. like yes. remove anything from your diet. F- yeah. And, and in the short term, you're going to see something change. Yes. Right. Yeah. But then what happens is then we build that up to be like, aha, like I found it. I found, yes. I found the issue. You Until know? it stops working. Correct. Which it almost always will. Yeah. Or it's not sustainable because your body is missing something. And so we've seen, I've said this many times is that the body is so clever. It's behind the scenes. It's doing all kinds of things and we don't know what it's compromising necessarily. This is probably the one thing that people find most challenging with WW mm. is because when you have zero point foods, you eat it because it's zero point. And so it doesn't help if you also are not paying attention mm. to how much food do I actually need in my body, mm-hmm. which is when we find people that might have a problem with saying it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still within the guidelines and you and I have both been able to do it. We can still eat within our daily points. Yes, we can. But if I ate all my points in Oreo cookies and then I ate zero point foods, it's still too much effing food, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. And it's not healthy. It's not a healthy eating pattern either. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's a major, like, that's a major stumbling block that people have. I think the, the other thing that I have seen, like, they'll say to me, you know, while WW says I can have, like, I can eat anything, but I can't eat anything. Yeah. You know? And so, and then, and then they'll be frustrated because they want to, well, and, and this is the thing, like, because they want to, you know, eat, um, 
you know, a bagel and cream cheese for breakfast and some pasta for lunch and, yeah. you know, like something else for dinner, you know, like, um, you know, a steak and steak and potatoes and have chocolate cake for dessert and, and like, <laughs> you, you know, and, and they can't do that every day and lose weight as they'd like to. And like, trust me, I would love to eat like that too. But like, yeah, it's, it's too much food. Yes. And it's, and it's not, and I think the, the difficulty, and this is what you were talking about too, Sandy, is that I think sometimes what we think is like, oh, it's too many refined carbs, but it's not that it's yeah. too many refined carbs. It's just too much food, period. You know, like we yeah. don't, most people don't need that much food in a day. Correct. I mean, most people yeah. can eat that much food in a day. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. many, many people would like to eat that much food in a day, but very few people need that much food in a day. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, for me, that's the sad part. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's sad when you don't need that much food and you want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? No, I know. I know. Um, so then also in the, so they had like in this podcast, they talked about like, these are the things that everyone agrees on. And then they had like, and these are the things that pretty much everyone with the exception of maybe a few people agree on. Right. And so like that was like, most people would agree on nuts, like to have Mm. a nuts most people would agree every once in a while you might have someone who's like you know but oh but what about the allergies and so then they all say no but like pretty much everyone's down for nuts and then another one was beans beans and fumes most people agree with that and then a few people will say like oh but like what about the you know the gas or you know but like most people are okay with it and there was something else in that list too. I think some of it might, the other one might have been like some sort of a, like maybe egg. Oh, eggs, I think. And yeah. then said like vegans, no, but like everyone else, you know, like, so like there yeah. were a few that was like pretty much everyone thinks that this is also good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, and well, for- no, egg- was in that list too and he, and they're like yeah. every once in a while you have people like freak out about the sugar but like also this yeah. is why they shouldn't be freaking out about it and fruit's healthy you know like yeah. and I was like okay yeah. this is this is good like I mean it's nothing we don't already know no I know and that and it, I mean it's like with anything if there's something you can you can find information to and studies to back up however whatever the thought is that you want to have, like to, to prove it. Right. So, (laughs) and so there's always that it's like eggs. The other thing with eggs is like, there's too much cholesterol. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But like, but I mean, we, (laughs) like you said, you can find, you can find something to back up whatever claim you want to make. And we've done that on a grand scale, right? Like we've done that as a society to say, oh, yes, through the 80s and 90s, we were eating less fat. No, Mm, actually. You know? Yeah. If you actually do that calculation properly, we weren't. (laughs) You know? So it was, anyway, it was was really fun. It was a really, and they're kind of, it's, 
it's two people who host the podcast and he is, I think he's a medical doctor. Like he, he is. Yeah. And, and, but there's sort of like, they're both kind of quirky and they have a weird interaction with each other. Yeah. But like, I kind of liked it. Yeah. They are. They're very quirky together, yeah. but it works, but it does work for them. It works for them. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought so. I thought yeah. so. So funny. Yeah. Oh. And so then yeah. speaking also of like quirky podcast hosts, I mean, yeah. ourselves included, um, <laughs> last week I mentioned to you that the by the book podcast that yes. we had listened to before that they've, they mm. have um, wrapped that up and they're no longer doing that. These two podcast hosts, but they are now doing a different podcast that is called how to be fine. Yeah. And were you able to dive into that at all and listen to any yeah, of that? Of course, because you sent me a message this morning or yesterday saying that you had done your homework and that you were caught up on, on all of the everything they had. So I, then I had to make sure, like today I was, we were supposed to talk tomorrow and then you change it I to know. today. Sorry, and so then, no, then I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to get this done, which I got done. Okay. I did. I did. I listened to them all. And what do you think? I I actually I like it because it's it's they talk about things that you're like huh yeah I know a little bit about that but I but I yeah yeah that's interesting the totally the way, all over the place all I mean, over the place and okay so what I think the thing that makes it the most all over the place is that the episodes are short like the episodes are like half hour episodes and so then it's a half hour on a on a topic. Like the, yeah. so each episode has a topic title or a, like a title, but mm-hmm. then it's not a half hour on the topic. It's really like 15 minutes on the topic. Yeah. And then the yeah. other 15 minutes is them like answering listener, like yeah. questions, like listeners write yeah. in with not questions related to the topic, like yeah. just any question they have. But I have to tell you, Sandy, I like that part better. Yeah. I would like, I just find, I find that I find their, uh, like their experiences and the things that they say in, in response to people's letters, so thoughtful, so empathetic, so, um, kind, but like also like realistic and meaningful and helpful. But, but I just like, I just really enjoy that. I I just, I really had a good time listening. Well, and and their their voices. Some people would really, really be turned off. Yes, one they, is very nasally. Jolinda. Both, yeah, <laughs> they both yeah. have. Yeah, Kristen and Jolinda, and they both have yeah. very distinct voices. But you know what, Sandy? So do we. I guess. <laughs> I didn't mean I like the sound of your voice, but I hate the sound of mine. So like all these people who listen to us every week, I, I mean, more power to you, like for listening yeah. to my yeah. awful voice. I mean, but no, I like your voice too. So it's, it's, I think we just don't like our own voices. I think that's part of it. I think that is true. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so of the, they've only had, I don't know how many um, podcasts have they had, like three, four, yeah. four. Because then they have, uh, they had two and then they have one that's a follow-up with people who've written in, like listeners have written in about, about the topic. two topics right, that right, they right, talked right. about. So the first one was life coaches. That was interesting. So that is super interesting because 
I already knew, like, I mean, there's a lot of like quotations, life coaches out there, but the regulations around it, they're talking US. I don't think it's much different in Canada. There's very little regulation surrounding it. And, and so anybody can kind of like, you know, hang the proverbial shingle um, up and, and call themselves a coach. How do I feel about that? Well, I think I have no problem with people getting information, feedback, suggestions from people that they find useful. Mm-hmm. What I don't, what what is worrisome is that people go to someone thinking they're a professional, mm-hmm. that there is some sort of a standard that they are, you know, have, um, have had to meet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that also doesn't guarantee that they're going to be a good person at whatever, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's any, anything. Mm-hmm. And so there's always going to be a percentage of the population though, that will take maybe some advice that the rest of the population would be like, you didn't really think that was true. Did you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't question that or think. And so there's maybe if people need, have some mental health issues and they've gone to a life coach that that life coach then is starting to give out mental health advice. Right. You know, yeah. those are things that's when the line gets crossed. And I think that that does happen because yeah. as a quotations life coach, maybe you don't recognize, um, you know, the symptoms, the, mm-hmm. and are able to, you know, mm-hmm. pull out mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you do and you start giving advice that you are not qualified to be giving like exactly. like that that would be a huge concern of mine yeah yeah that, you know someone like I mean that's it because that's that I think with life coaching like that tends to be the crux of the problem is that there isn't necessarily a standard by you know or a, a professional organization or association that all these people have to uh, have to be a part of. Now, I, my understanding is that there are professional associations yeah. that exist and that some people are a part of, but yes. it's not something that like, you don't have to be a part of that Correct. in order to have the name life coach behind, like as your title. Yeah. Right. Correct. And that's the trick, right? Like, like for yeah. example, in Ontario, if you are a teacher in a publicly funded school, you have to be a member in good standing of the Ontario College of Teachers. You cannot be a teacher in a publicly funded school if you are not a part of that association. And mm-hmm. so now, does that mean that every single teacher in a publicly funded school is a, you know, grade A educator? No. Of course not. But it's supposed to give some sort of standard of excellence and standard of achievement and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and standard of professionalism for these individuals. And so the thing with, with life coaching is that you don't, to my understanding, you don't have to be a part of a, of a college like this or of an association, yeah. you know? And, and so, you know, like, for example, I mean, maybe not, but, but my understanding is that, I could promote myself as a life coach if I wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Now, 
who would take advice about life from me? I don't know. But yeah. like, but let's say that I did, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I could just like dole out advice about all sorts of things if I wanted to, you know, and like, yeah. I mean, it, it has the potential to be dangerous, especially when there's money involved. Right. And yeah. like, and, and to my knowledge, like a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, like I, yeah. I think people, you know, can and do charge quite a bit of money for this service. And I mean, if it's something that is beneficial and is helpful and is useful, mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. It worries me. It worries me. The The one yeah. thing that they did say at some point was that typically, um, I think, I think maybe, maybe this was just like anecdotally suggested that typically when you have a, like a life coach that specializes in something that, that that's more likely to be of benefit to you. You know, like if you need a life coach who specializes yeah. in like switching careers or yes. a life coach who specializes in like whatever, like, yeah. You know, and that makes sense to me because at least if you, like, at least if you, as, if you had training as, you know, a quote unquote life coach in a particular area, Mm -hmm. then you likely would have personal experience with that. You would have training in that, you know, like, as opposed to just in general, you know, making sweeping observations about people's lives, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so have you ever used the service of a, of a life coach or I have a coach? Never. No, I have okay. never. I'm trying to think like in what circumstances I would have used. Like a career coach? No. Okay. No, I mean a fitness instructor, a WW coach. Yeah. But, but not, but, I, but not, yeah, not anything else. What about you? Yeah, yeah I have twice, actually. Okay. So the first time was when I was in Hong Kong and uh, I had someone recommend someone to me. Okay. And really, I had gone to have somebody help me with my resume or CV. Right, right, right. And that person, one, I thought that they were just going to redo it for me. And that's what I was paying for. That right. wasn't what it was. And this woman came, this woman came to my house once a week for, I don't right. remember how many times. Um, but it was at a time we would go through things. It was actually quite a good exercise because when we were trying to put a CV together and gather information that I, you know, from stuff I had done, it was it, one thing I learned from that was that, just because you've learned a skill in a certain workplace doesn't mean that it just sits with that workplace. That, that, that actual, it's a job, it's a task maybe in one place, but it's a skill set that you now have that you cannot be taken from you. And so that I've been able to even talk to my kids about that. So that to me is, has been something that not only was beneficial to me, Mm -hmm. but also was that I've been able to share that information with and not only did it help me with the CV, but it actually helped me with my own self-worth 
Mm. with feeling like the jobs that I had had, because at that point I had worked at McDonald's and Canadian Tire. And so people make assumptions about what that is. Mm. Working at McDonald's is always kind of like the brunt of like, what do you want to do? End up working at McDonald's? That, you know, like always. Yep. Yeah. When I was a kid, that was like, when I was a kid, that was the threat. (laughs) You know, like yeah. you, if you didn't do well in school, you would be working at McDonald's, you know? Yeah. 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 And so it allowed me some credibility maybe from the stuff that I had learned and that it had value and was transferable to a many other workplaces and that there had, there was stuff that I had learned in those organizations that people working in other organizations, which I would have deemed to be like, of higher standing didn't have those skill sets because that workplace didn't have the training program in place. So that was, that was good. But the other thing is at the end of every session, we would chat and it was when I wasn't speaking with my mom and I hadn't, so I'd left, I, we had had a big falling out before I moved to Hong Kong. She, when she found that I was going to Hong Kong, my mom wanted, like wanted to talk to me and I, I didn't, I said, I have too many things else. I can't even deal with that. Um, but it was something that every day I thought about, obviously. Course, yeah. And um, and so at the end, we would just have these discussions and somehow it came out. And through that, I ended up reaching out and reconnecting with my mother. Interesting. Okay. But that was not what the intention was. Yeah. And it was like a sneaky move. Yeah. But just because in the initial time we had discussed and I think she was trying because she was also an expat and I think she was trying to just, you know, find out about sort of my situation in that. Um, first, first time I'd ever done a visualization exercise uh-huh. and literally remember sitting there thinking, what am I doing? Why I've yeah. got my eyes closed. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Years go forward when I was <laughs> doing the, Find the, your me workshops and you were leading visualization. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so it's, Tim would say, it, Tim would say it all comes full circle. <laughs> absolutely. He is a hundred percent right. It's so interesting. Yeah. So that was the first time it was a very positive experience. Yeah. So the second time was since I've been here. Right. So someone in an expat group was mm. training and, and that's the thing. Uh, yes. I knew this. I, right? I remember this. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have, as I think somebody, one of the callers on that podcast that we were just talking about, somebody phoning in who was a life coach said like, there is actually so many hours, like a schooling I had to do. And you have to do, have like people that you have actually coached. So this person did it for free. And so, I mean, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Cause they were Um, like doing their like practice hours kind of. Yeah. And he had actually just left Lima and he was in Poland. Right. And That's so, right. I remember. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with time change and difference and stuff like that. And, and then I'd only met him online. I never like we had they, and these were video calls. Yeah. Um, and then he did come back to Lima um, for something. And I did actually have lunch with him. So I met him face to face. Was it something I think at the time? I mean, I don't think I had a lot of like great takeaways from it. But I think I mean, I didn't it's it did it. it it didn't do me any harm. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But I didn't have the same significant 
takeaways I did from the first time. Yeah. But that's what the, my first experience is what uh, gate like allowed me to even be open to doing for sure. Because what I actually thought was that the life coach was there to pump smoke up my butt mm. about myself. Right. And they did not. That's not what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. But I could see how you may end up with, with the wrong person. Mm. I happen to really have a good connection. Both of these people I had good connections with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that that helps. Mm-hmm. But anyway, those were my, my two, you know, experiences with it. I feel like you're my life coach, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you're mine and everyone else knows it too. So. <laughs> I literally, okay, so this is a bit of an aside, but um, so many people, like so many WW members sent me emails, yep. um, you know, upon the, you know, the closing of the workshop and, you know, just to, you know, to, to thank me or to say whatever they needed to say. And, and so many people were so kind and I, and you had said to me, like, set, make sure you set yourself up, make sure you, like, you don't, you know, overwhelm yourself with having to respond right away. Like, you know, you don't need to. And so I was like, okay. And so I told you that I would leave it at least a week before I responded to anyone. Right. And so I was literally like this past weekend, I was like, okay, it's been like a week and a, it's, well, it'd been, it'd been a week and a bit, a week and a yep. couple of days. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I need to respond to these emails. And so I was writing to one, I was writing to one member and I was like, okay, like, so, you know, thank you so much for your email. And so I said, you know, I, I promised myself and then I put in brackets, let's be honest. We all know I promised Sandy bracket <laughs> <laughs> that I wouldn't respond for a week. <laughs> and so now it's been a week. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's funny yeah no I did tell you that because you had a lot of stuff already going on and I know you feel an obligation like when that comes to do that and you didn't have the mental capacity to do it well but that was really good advice too because because you're because this is the thing is I didn't have I was in the midst of like other stuff with my own with my own life plus my brother had two papers that were due And so even from like, from the standpoint of needing to think about something and write something down, like my brain was already focused on that. And so it was, it was wise of you to say, like, give yourself the week because I could finish those, I could help James finish those papers. I could make sure all of that was done. And then I could sit and, and I really had a nice time. Like I sat, it like took me about two and a half hours, but I like responded to everyone and like, Mm -hmm. and I, and it felt good. Like it felt good to write a meaningful response to each person rather than just be like, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. You yeah. know, like, I mean, yeah. you know, in, if that's what you're going to do, like, what's the point? Right. So, well, the, the other advice. thing, the other thing is, is that it gave you time, um, uh, the, a little bit of the emotional, uh, part has, has left, right. Sure, because of sure. everything happening at once. And then you already, I already know, like when you sent the initial email out that, takes a lot of emotional takes a lot of emotion out of you to do Mm -hmm. that and then you press the send button Mm -hmm. 
And so you get a bit of a release from that, but then it's the anticipation of what the response is. And I said to you, you know, that there's going to be a hundred people that are going to write back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and, and maybe you don't even read them right now because mm-hmm. you're already on a high alert. It was a, it was a big change for you also. Not only were they mourning for a better mm-hmm. lack of a better term, what was happening, but you also were, but also trying to be that person that is leading people through that change. And so it does take a lot. It takes a lot out of anybody. Um, but it allowed you that time then to go back and read those emails again. Mm-hmm. It was really nice because I did read them yeah. when they came in. Um, yes. But then it was really nice to sit and like read through them all again. Right. Yeah. That was and really, really yeah. take and really take it in. And yeah, that was really nice. So, it was really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. so thank, yeah. thank you, Life Coach Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is, but this is, so you have those emails, right? And the thing is, is that I know for myself, I keep, I keep cards that people have written in, mm-hmm. like written me things. Mm-hmm. I, I have one I left, um, um, Canada mm-hmm. that the WW groups had, like you guys had all done those nice books. There are times that I will go down if I'm feeling really crappy. Yeah. And go and look at go it. Go back down. Yeah, because then I realized, well, wait a minute. I did have an impact on someone's life. Like, I'm not a total piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I do I do have something that people find of value or have in the past. And so it is nice to be able to go back and to, to read those things at those times. Because sometimes you just need that little bit of a... Mm, you know, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to make, make you feel, I don't know, it's, it's like to validate yourself or something. It's, yeah. it's bizarre, but, and it's an ego thing. That's part of it too. Yeah. But I think we yeah. all, have, we, whether anybody, like whether we all want to admit to it or not, sure. we all have it. Of course. We all do. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And I know that, that just when we were talking about this, that people have been like to you about coaching. Oh, can you do something on the side? Can you mm. do this? Can you do that? And you know what the funny thing is about that is that you think about it. You think, well, what would I offer? How do I ask people for money for that? Do I want to do that? I feel more of a responsibility because there's not boundaries that are set up already for you. That's what's scary. And you, have uh, a, and you have a profession, a full-time job. A hundred percent. No, but a hundred percent. Like it, for me, it, well, it's this whole idea of like life coaching. Like it, yeah. I, I'm not qualified to do that. You know, no, you but, you are, but you are, but you are qualified to help people navigate, um, like, uh, weight loss issues, issues like surrounding food, like to us, not obviously. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a registered dietitian. I don't no, have any education no. in nutrition. You know, but right. but through whatever training and experience, through whatever training and experience I've received through WW, and and to be honest, whether it, whether it feels like it or not, when you're in a workshop, there is there is a surprising amount of training that happens. Like we have, yeah. tra- we have training 
like with WW, we have training biannually and and a mm -hmm. significant amount of training. Like like you would be surprised at the number of hours of training that happens in the spring and in the fall. And a lot of yeah. the training, especially in the last sort of four years, a lot of the training has been uh, different like facilitation and coaching techniques, uh, different I uh, different behavior modification techniques, behavior yeah. change, you know, like all of yeah. this sort of stuff. And so I do feel like, although I don't feel like, like it's, I, it's not like a class, it's not a certification. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't put something on my resume saying that, you know, I have this training. However, mm -hmm. I mean, I do feel like I received quality training through yes. WW to do a lot of those things. And, and definitely mm -hmm. like I think of from the time that I started coaching with uh, WW to now, I mean, I, I think I have become much better at the job. Um, oh yeah. Because, because you have the experience, but you also have the training, right? Like you also, yeah. you're learning as you go along and you're learning through the experience, through the conversations that you have with each other, you're learning mm -hmm. from listening to other coaches and facilitators and hearing mm -hmm. what they're doing and saying, and, you know, and you're learning from the, you know, from the different training that you have. Right. So, so, I mean, there, like, I, I recognize that I have some expertise in that area, but, but it's like you said, like to, to think about doing that kind of work on my own as a side hustle, I, I'm not sure. I, I I'm not, I'm not um, ruling it out at this point, but I'm mm -hmm. also not jumping into it. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that you 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 didn't mention there was that you're also, I think, both of us are very curious, and we stay up to date with yes. different things that are happening current. And so, and we do a lot of learning on our own time, correct? Between, like between the two of us, for sure, yeah. for sure, for because sure. we. But it's because we enjoy it. Yeah, of course. I mean, and it's also it's also very beneficial and relevant to ourselves. A hundred percent. Before before we wrap up, and we do have yep. to wrap up, but before we do that, someone wrote a letter into the How to Be Fine podcast, and it was about what she called, like the letter writer called it, emotional hoarding. Yes. And I was like, what, what does she mean? And so then she went on to explain it. Yeah. And so she was explaining this idea that like, she, she has things that she, that have emotional, like sentimental value. And so th then she doesn't want to use them because she doesn't want to mm -hmm. use it up because it means something or like, or she, she has something that is really meaningful to her to do. And so, but then she's worried about doing it so that it will be over. And so then mm -hmm. she does like all the other things, you know, and like, and one of the podcast hosts was giving this, giving an example of how she has also done this, where she, she and her husband were given uh, a, a bottle of champagne mm -hmm. and they'd been given it by her father-in-law, I think. Yep. And, and so then they kept talking about like when they were going to have this champagne, but then the father-in-law has since passed away. And so now mm -hmm. this bottle of champagne all of a sudden has become very meaningful. And so then they kept talking about like, well, are we going to have the champagne? And they were like, no, like it's not a good enough. It, it's not a, it's not a, meaningful enough event right now like you yeah. know it's not it's not a deserving event of this like you know but then it's like okay but you know in the case of the champagne like champagne goes bad yeah so like if you wait too long 
what's going to happen. You never get to enjoy it. Yeah. Right? So this was a fascinating idea to me because the, it's something that I can get caught up in myself. Like I can get caught up in that for sure. That I hang on to things and don't use them because I'm worried about using them up. Oh. And then, and then you never use it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I thought about it in, in respect to, um, and today talked about this, it's like eating your favorite thing on your plate, leaving that. We I, talked about this the other day, right? I Le- know. Leaving it for last because it's the yes. best thing, but then also you don't enjoy it as much because you're already full. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this is something that I think we can all get caught up in as when it comes to weight loss. It's like, I'm not going to go on this vacation until I do this. I'm not going to do this until I do that. And then That's we it. never enjoy the journey or what's happening and, and celebrate that along the way. We only see as, well, I didn't get to this. I can't have that. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're actually, it actually becomes a negative incentive. It's not a positive yeah. incentive. No. Yeah, because you feel you or you move the goal line, yeah, all the time. That's like, it. You know, oh, that's oh, I, this is going to be no, nope, that's I, it doesn't feel like it's good enough, yeah. so I'm going to wait yeah. to this. So you're constantly withholding things from yourself. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was that that was it was a really that an interesting thing to have written in about and an interesting yeah. conversation that they had and absolutely of everything that I listened to this week, that was the thing mm-hmm. that I was like. This really, I ha- like. I have to think about this more because yeah. this is something that that I know I have done and like I have experienced in the past, and something that I can see myself falling into again. Right? Yeah, yeah. To, to one of the suggestions that they gave was like actually physically writing it down. So, but that. To, so, what did that sound like, though? <laughs> it sounded like eating a frog. You got it. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) As soon as they were talking about like, you know, like you never get around to the thing that you want to do because you're doing all the little menial stuff in the midst. I was like, just eat your frog. Stop eating the tadpoles. I was like, I know. I know what Sandy's thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because I listened to that this afternoon and I was just like, huh. That's, but but their strategy was kind of good. It was like putting it in the middle of the list. So it's not you're saving it to last or it's at the top and you're working from the bottom up and that's a big yeah. important thing. So it was like, and, and I think they used, one of the examples was writing a book and it yeah. was like writing, being like writing one paragraph, you know, and then it's just one more task that you do. So you check it off mm-hmm. instead of saving it for something. It just becomes one more thing that needs to get done and that you actually do. So, I mean, there was... They, they okay, like you said, they do have some really interesting suggestions. Yeah. They look at things very interesting from different from different viewpoints. Yeah. One last thing, and then we got to go. Did you listen okay. to the flightless bird episode about pickleball? Yes, I did. Oh, Sandy, I was I was cackling away. I was I was just having a great time. I really like I really love that podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I. I think it was this morning when Phil and I were walking with the dog. I said, you know, I was thinking that maybe that's something that we could do together when we go back to Toronto, like pickleball. Yeah. But we, but we talked about it the other day, like just in general, I was talking about the podcast and Phil said, you know what now keeps coming up on my Instagram? Stuff about pickleball. Oh my goodness. Really? Yeah. Scary is. It's, it's quite something. 
<laughs> now that people have listened to us talk, all of their algorithms are going to be full yes, right. of like nutrition, <laughs> life coach, like yeah. advertisements to certify yourself as a life coach Correct. and pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> there you have it. So from, 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 you know, one life coach to another signing off. <laughs> no, please, please, please. Please don't ask for oh, my advice. <laughs> no. no. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, okay, friend. Well, always, always such a pleasure to speak with you. And it was an unexpected joy to have my day moved up. Now, well, tomorrow, now tomorrow's empty, but you oh. know, Sorry about that. Thank you for being so flexible with me. My crazy schedule. Yeah. Right. Oh, happy, happy to accommodate. Anyways. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, Miss Honey, um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks. Chat later. Right. Bye.